And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. Can't wait to get into hell on earth. Uh, hell on earth. Yeah. It feels like we're in hell right now. It's so warm. <laughs> Sweaty. Muggy. I'm just sitting up in my loft, like literally. Listen, I live in Newfoundland. I want to slap anyone that complains about the weather because we have like crap weather. We get like six weeks of good warm summer weather and then everyone goes from complaining about the fog to complaining about the heat it's too hot ness but it's too hot so i'll it's never complain hot. about the heat it's too hot bud it's too hot <laughs> you can't slap me i'm too fast um i'm gonna i'm gonna inhale this beer though that's the that's the byproduct it's already got that like beer commercial i know you know it's, it's dripping with that yeah the condensation oh. is just like yes know. condensation super thirsty it's this is the it. Taiwan on West Coast IPA from Dildo Breweries, which we've done a lot yeah. of on this podcast, but uh, I don't think we've had a bad beer from them yet. So, no, I'm I'm quite pumped to continue the the Dildo trend. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. All right, here we go. Six point nine percent, though. Ah. Oh. This is going to be, uh... ooh, smells good. Smells good, good man. Yeah. I don't know. This, this tall can is already looking too small. I'd love to have a compilation of every time we pop a beer because it's always like <laughs> we crack yeah. the beer, we say the percentage, and then we always say, oh, smells good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Someone's out there is like a critic. I don't think they're actually drinking beer because they always enjoy it. Uh, it's hitting the spot. Oh, wow. That is not going to last until, oh my god, we got to get through hell on earth. <laughs> I'm not going to get through, we're not going to get through the intro with this beer. <laughs> awesome. So hell on earth, 100% yes. Steve Harris, writing credit, 1119. 1119. That's a long one. Album closer. It's an epic album closer. 1119, though, is a little bit misleading. Oh, with the intros and the outros, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. I got a quote from Adrian. It's kind of a funny one. He says, It's funny. Steve will have these ideas and look at me, Dave, or Yannick. The ideas are usually quite complicated, so sometimes you might see guitarists hiding away behind their amps, waiting for the others to take up the gauntlet and learn these super complicated parts. But we all do our bit. It takes a lot of concentration to play Steve's stuff. Honestly, it can be quite a challenge. So uh, oh. that's a an Adrian Smith quote. And I have a Yannick quote. He says, uh, This is such a thematic end to the album with so much power very cinematic and i love how the guitars interact with each other it's heavy but it has much soul to it it's an album we can be proud of i can't sit here i can't sit here and tell you this is the best album we've ever done that would be stupid but i'm very proud of it as proud as i am of any maiden album plus yannick uh, not quite uh ballsy enough to say this is the best maiden album ever <laughs> yeah but they're proud of it i mean you know yeah. that's the typical situation it's like how, how you know how do you compare it you know how but, do you uh, compare yeah. it 11 19 yeah uh like you said that's a big uh a big intro it's, and outro to it it's very padded i mean it's yeah. very padded there's like this you know i mean even though the intro i mean it's that three minutes coming in basically or or yeah. more uh, but you know, and it's two st two phases of it. But the beginning part and the the back end of the album, you could shave like near on two minutes just there, and still have like a two minute intro at the front. So it's funny you say that because uh, it's three minutes and thirty seconds before Bruce starts singing on this one. Yeah, 
uh, which is the longest time before the vocals come in of any Maiden song. Um, is so it? I went through every single Iron Maiden song and timed how long it is before the vocals come in. And I have a list <laughs> of the top 20. <laughs> so first of all, we disqualify Lost for Words, Ides of March, Genghis Khan, and Transylvania because they're instrumentals. So yes, those are disqualified. And then I have two lists, depending on how you feel about Satellite 15, The Final Frontier. Do you yeah. count that as a track? Or do you count that as an instrumental before a track? I, I count it as a uh, as a track. I definitely they're do. listed I as a feel, single track. Yeah. Yes, and I feel like it's just it's just a long lead in. So I will count that one, unless that it messes case, up your list. And no, I have yeah. I have a list with satellite included and one without. So if you include mm. satellite fifteen, the final frontier as one track, yes. which is kind of weird because the final frontier is kind of. Well, I guess that's an intro. So anyway, that's two minutes and thirty one seconds. And then you have two minutes and five seconds for Empire of the Clouds. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you a rundown. One, number four is 157 for Face in the Sand. 156 for Alexander the Great. And then at number six, 143, Strange World, which I was kind of surprised it's a minute and 43 yeah, seconds that. Yeah. before the vocals come in on Strange World. Yeah. Next is Sign of the Cross and then Blood on the World's Hands. And then at number nine, this is another surprising one, a minute and 29 before the vocals come in on the prisoner wow well yeah. you know the prisoner kind of has that little intro that's yeah a, but you that's know, only yeah. a few seconds that, but still yeah and yeah. then uh, i'll just go i'm not going to go in detail through these but uh, to tame a land clansman prodigal son mother russia caught somewhere in time gates of tomorrow the nomad no more lies ghost of the navigator hearts of darkness deja vu and fate's warning so that's all the songs that are over a minute before uh the vocals come in but this is the yeah. longest at 330 so yeah i used to believe that like a minute if you just said how many how many maiden songs have more than a minute before the vocals i probably would have guessed between four and six or four and eight yeah but there's how many 20. uh 20. 20 these are the top 20 because wow. fate's warning is a minute and one second approximately wow. i just uh eyeballed them um wow. this one though three minutes and 30 seconds with the intro um I think the intro works because this is kind of like the payoff is so big that the intro and the intro is so well, so well crafted, which when we get into the song, we'll start talking about the intro, but like, it's kind of like a, I've heard people on the internet refer to it as like, it's like a roller coaster ride where you're like clicking up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you don't want to get on the roller coaster and then immediately shoot down. You want, you want that build up, build up, build up. And then, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it really, it's a really soft start. And then, I don't know, it's less than a minute in. It, like, starts to ramp up. Yeah. And it's still the intro. So just multiple phases. It's not, like, three minutes of just, like, you know, uh, a little bit of keyboard in the background or just some little acoustics. Yeah, or an acoustic, it's, it, it, uh, it, 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 thing. Yeah. Yeah, it ramps up. And, yeah. you know, but, but when it ramps up, you actually get that, you get your heart going and you get excited. And then when you actually sit down, like and if you're reading the lyrics and just doing the prep, like we're doing, you realize, man, that's a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things, like the way you consume music, you know, like if you sit down and prep for a podcast, you sit there, you, you're like, when you're reading the lyrics, there's certain parts where you, it's just, it's totally different. The passage of time when you're listening to music is such a weird and interesting thing because it, it depending, if you love a song, it goes so fast. If you don't like a song, go so slow. And then there's certain parts of spot, songs that you love, so they go so much faster. It's, it's just not linear time at all. It's yeah. so interesting. It is weird because yeah. normally if you you know, put an 11-minute song on, 
it, it seems totally that seems like a long time for a song and that's happened with a lot of long maiden songs is they seem like they go by really fast and i think that's a good sign of like a well-written song but this was my initially when this album came out this was like my my very favorite song when the album first dropped this I jumped would, right out yeah i'd say this one hooked me very fast too it was amazing yeah. and I, I actually i think one of the first things i said to you about the album we never really got into it but i was like why did they put such a good track at the end? I remember, I remember saying that to you. I was like, "That why is it so deep in the album?" Because it hooked me right off. Yeah, and it it just does. Uh, but now I love where it's at now. Oh, yeah, totally. and the know. song is so melodic. Like, there's so many different melodies, and they're all so catchy, and the melodies are so strong. Um, yeah. you know, and I mean, this song has a ton of different parts. Like, it's got love, like all these melodies. There's like soft parts. There's galloping parts, the maiden gallop, yeah. you know, there's fast parts, slow parts, there's epic solos, but it all comes together in this like cohesive, solid composition, which is like, yeah. I don't know, it stands out as a, I would say a near perfect track on this album. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd put it up there. I'd put it up there. Uh, when we do our rankings at the end, it's one of, it's up there. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah. spoiler, spoiler alert. I like this track and to be honest with you, this band Iron Maiden, I'm, I'm starting to really dig them. <laughs> I'm turning There's something about this turning band. Onto them. <laughs> I'm, I'm into them now. I don't know what it is. Another thing about this song is through this album, you hear a lot of people complaining about like how Maiden's like rehashing riffs and like copying earlier stuff. Yeah. This one sounds completely unique and original for Maiden. Yes. While still so sounding very much like a modern Maiden song. It's pretty awesome. I'm just really into whatever you would call this modern maiden sound yeah and that's my go-to now i don't know it's uh it's yeah. modern maiden i just love it i do also love the classics obviously um you know but it's funny how mm. yeah like i listened to a matter of living death all the way through two days ago and so i couldn't good. believe how good it is. <laughs> i know i know it's so amazing. good yeah. I, there are people still and they message me and you know i get rankings and it's like down there like yep. way on the bottom i'm like you know get your ears checked i mean what's going on it's so good I mean, you and they're like literally you know i would have described the album in the past as you know so pacey and so fast and so aggressive but there's so many epics on it too it really is just a gem yeah so the real well, the reason we started talking mm. about this is because this is i think a very good example of a perfect modern maiden song it's yes i like, agree very much what they're all about now and their song structures and the way they write and like this is they've been aiming trying to write songs like this for like you know i you know how much i love the talisman and i love you know all these like i said the modern epics this is one where they really everything came together perfectly and i think sometimes they're hitting like 80 90 percent on this modern maiden sound yeah hell on earth i think is a hundred percent or 99 100 percent you know, they knocked it out of the park with this. Um, one thing that I want to mention before we actually get into the song is something that Maiden does in this in their modern songs that I noticed that they do. I mean, I mentioned it a lot in the Red and the Black episode. Um, it's they kind of preview the vocal melodies with guitars. Uh, before you hear them like they play the vocal melodies on guitars first and then when you finally get to hear the vocals you're kind of already have that the melody in your head you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah and 
I think it does like it, okay, it does like two things. So like the first time, the first couple of times you're hearing the song, you get to hear these melodies and they get cemented in your head, and then you hear the vocals singing them, and you're kind of familiar with them, and it kind of brings the song together, and it's good for getting it into the song initially, because they hit you with the melody, and then you hear hear Bruce singing it. But then once you really get to know the song, the second thing that I think is awesome is, and this happens with this song every time I listen to it now, when you hear the intro to this song and you hear all these melodies on guitar, it gets you excited to hear the vocals. Yeah. So you can hardly wait for the vocals to k- kick in. It's almost like teasing you with the, with the, with the melody and like it builds anticipation. So like, you know, they're coming and you hear the guitars play like the melody from like the chorus. And you're like, oh my god, I can't wait for that part to come in the song. So they do that all the time in this song, where you hear a vocal melody on guitar, and then later on in the song it comes in as a vocal melody. And I made a clip, now this is kind of jumping ahead, I made a clip of a bunch of times where they play it on guitars, and then later on Bruce sings it as a vocal melody. So that's like a new Steve Harris trick and it's part of modern maiden songwriting. And I think that's why this song has so many melodies and they seem to work together so well because they're being used that way and everything just comes together perfectly in the song. So we kind of jumped ahead and played a bunch of the best parts of the song before we even got into the song. But I just kind of wanted to mention that because I've been mentioning that in a bunch of other songs. And I remember in Red and the Black, I really talked a lot about that. Um, but this song, they do it all the time. And now when I hear those guitar melodies, it just gets me itching to hear. I'm just, come on, I can't wait to hear Bruce sing that. It's going to be how many minutes until Bruce starts singing that part? You know what I mean? Yeah, but you just did the exact same thing. You like, you like did, a, you did clips through the whole song before you're actually going to clip the song. So now you got everyone super excited about the <laughs> clips you're going to clip. So it's like you're doing the same trick. Same trick. Wedding everyone's appetite. <laughs> Wedding their appetite. No, I find that I, I find specifically though on the on the intro, there are points yeah. in this where I get so excited and I'm like, I'll kick in, but I know it's not yet. But I'm just like, I can't wait to hear it. They do tease you perfectly. Yeah, like how many maiden songs are you sitting there waiting to like come on, come on, I can't wait for that part? Well, there's probably a lot of them. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> there's quite a few actually where I'm like, oh God. You know? <laughs> oh God. So it all starts out with this super mellow intro steve harris on the acoustic bass yes uh kind of some x factor vibes in here
yeah, so that's a, you know, it's a kind of a cool way to, like, set the mood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it has the way kind it... of a dark X-Factor vibes to me. Yeah, it's got the keyboards. The keyboards yes, the are present. Come in. Yeah, but, which, that, but they but they add a lot there. I, I think they work it. on this song. There's a lot of parts in this song which feature keyboards as a big part of the sound. But they yeah. really work in this the same way they kind of do on Seventh Son. To me, the, that album. like, I guess maybe it's the theme of the song and the feel of the song. The keyboards like don't distract me the way they do on some other songs. They don't. And there's a little bit there. I don't know what it is but that part. But it kind of harkens back for me a little bit to writing on the wall. It feels so different, and it kind of ties back into the album for me. And then, yeah, there's a, they drop in this like clean guitar melody that sort of hints at the vocal melody of the verses. It's not exactly the same, but it kind of hints hints it. I mean, that's very close to what Bruce sings eventually when the vocals come in. Um, when we watch this live, spoiler alert, everybody, they play this live as part of the, yeah. part of spoiler the uh, alert. um, Dave is, I watched the Dave is strums, the clean chord. Adrian yeah. is picking out a chord and Yannick is playing that melody on his guitar and, uh, Steve's playing that acoustic bass line under it all. So, yeah, I'm not sure on the album if that's the way it goes, but, uh, live, and Josh is hammering it. a beer. That's, that's not Guinness apparently, <laughs> but, um, no, too bad we're at Eclipse, because I would really, really, really like to hear where it ramps up. Yeah, it kicks in, and then you get the Maiden Gallop. that's kind of cool it sounds kind of like a classic maiden sound but kind of new at the same time yeah and right away like as soon as you hear it you're just waiting for bruce to cut in but it's quite they 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 go at that for quite a bit yeah it's a minute a minute and 15 seconds of instrumental from where that kick in comes to when the vocals come in wow and i remember when they were doing it live like bruce was kind of moving around and and you know everyone was out there and i was just like oh you know (laughs) waiting for it to kick in you're just you get an itch oh yeah and uh this is what we're talking about earlier how they preview the vocal melodies um and you hear all the vocal melodies from the first half of the song instrumentally and there's some cool guitar harmonies in there too So it's cool, like, you know, everyone always loves the Iron Maiden guitar harmonies. So the song had the Iron Maiden guitar harmonies, another, like, classic Maiden trademark of their sound. And uh, I don't know who was playing it on the album, but when we saw it live, Yannick and Adrian were playing that. Yannick was playing the high harmony, and Adrian was playing the, the low-level one. Yeah, there's an excellent, uh, there's there's a bunch of versions of this from the Glasgow show leaked live. Have you seen them? Yeah, I have, have a you, bunch have of the legs of this tour, yeah. Yeah, but I got one recorded in the stand-up section, and there's, like, people singing along, oh, like, yeah. at this stage, you know? And so they're already, like, anticipating the vocals. They're just all pumped up. Can't wait yeah. for it to start. Yeah. <laughs> I so love cool. that. It's, like, a lot of these songs that have, like, very distinct melodies, yeah, they turn into audience sing-alongs. Yeah. You see them live, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Three minutes and 30 seconds into the song, and Bruce comes in, and it's over the full maiden gallop, 
and man, he just sounds awesome. And you've been just waiting and waiting for him, and then here he comes. fantastic i gotta say uh although you know a lot of the lyrics on the cut in as i don't know it's a little for me pretty generic but yeah. i gotta say i love the way he flies through it it's weird that he says like beginning of a sunrise bores a big hole in the sky not to reason why that armed children are in this world it doesn't rhyme no <laughs> I, know. I know i'm just I, i'm trying not to pick too much meaning out of it or be too hard on it yeah but, i'm the uh, same yeah, there are some there are some nice alliterations a little later on, and there's some some great stuff at the end. But you know, it's not like he's painting for me. Yeah, the lyrics, know. the beginning verses lyrics, and it's yeah. not until you get to the chorus that I actually really like the lyrics. Like up until then, they're kind of yeah. like you said, they're kind of just like I don't know. I mean, I get the point of what he's saying, but yeah, but they that's blow it. Me away. It's not like crazy poetry to me or anything. No, no. And and you know what? I've been praising the lyrics the whole way, way through, and this is still one of my faves, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's just been such great lyrics to, to, to the point. But Bruce, this is one of his best songs on the album, in my mind. Oh, yeah. He sounds awesome. Yeah, now, his fantastic. voice is great, and it's very yeah. much – it's the modern Bruce voice. You know, if you listen yes. to this and then go back and listen to some of the 80s stuff, which I actually yep. did, um, yep. he has a different singing style, and he sounds differently. And maybe yes. it's, I think he maybe he matured a bit, maybe, or maybe it has something to do with his like, I don't know, maybe just getting older, or I know he had like a tumor removed from his tongue and his throat. Yeah. But I love the modern day Bruce's delivery. Um, he sounds pretty, pretty. How do you, how would you say very just very strong and like confident the way he sings. Although he, I guess yeah. he always did, but I mean, so he just sounds like a more mature Bruce Dickinson. And the confidence is there, even though it's 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 a long track. And then, you know, they ease in, then he's got this burst, then it switches over, and then it comes back and he bursts again. It's it's a taxing song, and they they put it in the set list and they put it laced, which tells me, you know, it really harkens to his, his confidence here, you know, and, yeah. and just that, that he's, I mean, when he did this live, I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, it was. So you notice when Bruce finally sings... Um, those melodies that the guitar is playing, they double his voice, which I think it sounds awesome. Gannick is like doubling them with the guitar lines, but we've heard a lot of people complaining about that. A lot of people are, do not like that. And I don't know. I think it sounds great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, they're not drowning them out yeah. and they're not in any way like covering up, you know, yeah. uh, I don't, I, I guess. Maybe they, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just want to just hear Bruce. I don't, I don't get it because I find it. I, I actually really like it. It's better than some keyboard support or something. It's just, it's fantastic. And I mean, you yeah. can't expect everyone to stop playing. Like, <laughs> I, I know, I, I get it that sometimes they play right along with the vocals, and it's like it, it is a little different. But I like it. I know they've been doing this right back yeah. to like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I mean, if you think about this though, it's like every other modern musician that we listen to is like doing reverb and secondary vocals and all that stuff which you know yeah. they played around with some things like that and they've layered and things but i don't know i uh, to me i don't i don't get why people find an issue because it's not like it's straining them out 
I know. Well, I have a clip from Yannick. Mm-hmm. He says, as for guitar tracks mirroring the vocals, sometimes we might put them down before Bruce and other times we'll add them after. It's different each time. It gives the guitars a higher octave and takes the sound to a different place, adding to the vocal line. Which okay, kind of interesting. Yeah. So I'm assuming yeah. that if Steve Harris wrote this entire song, that yeah. he probably came up with all of these melodies. And he probably, I would assume when they recorded this, where he had it all written, and I would say that he probably, they probably recorded the bass and the drums and the, those melodies on guitar first. And probably went back and Bruce sang over the guitar lines. That's what I'm guessing. Because I, I, I wouldn't think that they would record just the bass and drums and the rhythm guitars and Bruce and then go back and double it on the album. I'm thinking maybe he would tell you, here's the, here's the melody I want you to play, Yannick, and Yannick played it, and then Bruce sang over it. That's what I'm guessing. I don't know. Just because mm. that's the way I figure Steve would plan it all out. Because it's 100% him, and we know that when he writes, he like literally tells to the syllable what to, how to sing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. I mean, I I don't know. I like how it comes off. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm trying not to read too much into it, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't understand why anyone would have an issue with that, especially yeah. if Steve is it is designating that way. I mean, it's like yeah. I think it sounds cool. Man. I like it. Sounds it. awesome. Yeah, it's a cool melody, yeah. and more of it is better. If you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't get the problem. I mean, as this showcases Bruce enough for me, and and you know, I just I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. I like that part too. And count your blessings still alive of those who managed to survive inside oblivion of that hell on earth. It's, yeah, uh, it's, that's excellent. Yeah, it's cool. They drop the, you know, the, it's not the chorus yet, but they drop in the words hell on earth. Um, if you listen in headphones, um, after that part, the guitar hits a chord and it does some cool whammy bar stuff. And it kind of pans from left ear to right ear to left to right. And it sounds really cool in headphones. Um, if you're listening to this podcast in headphones, this is the part I'm talking about. But uh, this is after that vocal part. I think that's a cool spot where they're going melodic and then they just let the guitarist like freak out for a second. Live, Dave Murray does it and it sounds even cooler because Yannick adds these crazy harmonics over it and Dave Murray does these dive bombs and it sounds super raunchy and noisy and it kicks ass. And this is from a bootleg of uh, the, this is actually the Glasgow show that we saw, but here's that part. That's another example of like how live the uh, like a maiden song just like really comes up to another level. But I love that little part. It's just it's a little short part in the song, but it's so like raunchy and like 
dirty sounding. It's cool. Where the song yeah, is so like good uplifting and clean, and then it has this one part where it's just like, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. And then it jumps back into that melody, which is like, you know, super melodic and kind of like uplifting again. So it's just a little break where they go like, yeah, trashy. <laughs> I kind that's an interesting transition, and you know, but I, I always. Every time I hear that, I always think it it's like foreshadowing of the solos. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, because yeah, to me, <laughs> yeah, give me a little taste. Just like guess what's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And then that second guitar melody that they played after that part, that's that's like another vocal melody being previewed, like we talked about earlier. cool they bring in that melody and then bruce starts singing over it which is kind of cool i love it uh and there's good guitar harmonies in there too which you know people sometimes complain in the modern maiden that there's not enough guitar harmonies and there's tons of the song which is awesome and the vocal harmonies are cool too they're very sparingly used but when they come in it really has like a, a it's i don't know it's a cool effect when they're used sparingly like that and at this stage the 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 few chorus or the or sorry the the few verses that he beats out now are like he's going pretty full tilt when we were seeing him live like he's really going and it's just awesome i just love the way that then you know he just carries it and he's just he's going so whether or not you know there's a lot of support or not i just i gotta say his vocal work here is fantastic yeah but something that yeah. this part of the song where every now and then one little line they'll lay a harmony in and just like yeah. gives it this thickness and it just kind of it's it's a very uplifting melody and when the harmony oh, comes is. in it almost like like up lifts it even higher it's pretty cool um there's one part here remember we were talking about earlier about uh bruce's voice and how he has like it's like yeah. the mature bruce voice um the harmony of this part that i'm about to play it kind of the harmony voice sounds like 80s bruce to me and it's it's like like you know 2020s bruce is singing like modern day bruce is singing and then like 80s bruce comes in leans over his shoulder and sings like the harmony line uh i love this little harmony part and they it's this is one spot in the song I don't know that harmony to me it sounds it reminds me of like power slave era bruce i don't know why it's just so cool. yeah no definitely definitely that fantastic. part always jumped out to me right from when, like one of the yeah. first times i heard this song that one line with that harmony and the sound of the two voices singing together jumped out at me and now i hear it every single time it's like a highly yeah. song for me absolutely i i love that also then it leads into like the next verse is like it gets it's almost accelerates yeah so now we're it at gets, the, it yeah, gets hits, cooking we're right to the yeah. chorus now which is like the yeah. i wish i could go back which is these are where the lyrics start to get good to me yeah because up to here I'm kind i of agree like, with oh, yeah you. i get it but this is like i wish i could go back i'll never be the same again blood for all upon this hell on earth yeah. it's i don't know like as a maiden fan to hear bruce singing i wish i could go back i'll never be the same again um I know it's Steve Harris actually wrote the lyrics and I guess it's, it's a narrator singing the song, not actually Bruce, but like 
I attribute it to Bruce because I hear Bruce singing it. And yeah. uh, it just kind of makes me feel like, I don't know, when I hear him sing a line like that, it reminds me that like they've been around this long. You know what I mean? And are they towards the end? Yeah, we haven't talked about that before, which is, you know, when you read it in context, it's like, you know, I wish I could go back again. And then he's going on to the hell on yeah. earth. It's in the context of the song. Sometimes when they say those snippets, where you you take them outside the context of the song exactly that's, that's, what, what, I was, that's about. what i was trying and to then say. Yeah. exactly what you're saying what you're already saying but that happens to me multiple times i hear that and those snippets you know that's what uh so much of modern media is they clip some moment and then they turn it into like you know uh how you react to a current situation whatever they just use a line from a from a complex conversation but the point is is i can't help but think when he sings that you have to internalize that because it's so real because yeah. neither one of us have been to hell on earth neither one of us have been child soldiers but yeah. then i wish i could go back we'll never be the same again yeah and like, what, you know that and is the next ex- line is, that's a human experience yeah and the next one is yeah. and when i leave this world i hope to see you all again and it's like do you mean this world of like singing on stage with our maiden <laughs> i know Man. i don't know on the other side i gotta be I'll honest though i don't know just imagine Imagine there is an afterlife Nesbit, and we show up there, and we're like, "Oh fuck!" And it would be like, um, "Oh, but we're gonna do this for eternity." And then, like, all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, uh, Iron Maiden are playing over on that cloud." I'm like, "This ain't so bad. This ain't so bad." You know? Yeah, but it's true. That's what you're saying. It's like you do try to take the when you hear the lyrics, you take them out of the context of the song. And any time I hear like Bruce singing about like a lyric that's kind of has to do with like being at the yeah. end i'm always like no maiden no 17 no three, three more albums turn even 20 <laughs> you gotta do it you gotta do it then they that's the anyway that's basically that's the chorus that we were just uh saying the lyrics to and they play it once and they don't repeat it i wish i could go It's super solid, like, Maiden. Yeah. It's so catchy. The lyrics are great. The gallop is there. And they just hit that course once, and they uh, they don't they don't come back. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you hit a course once, does it make it a course? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Do you have to, like... Do you have know. to repeat it? I don't know. Or is it just, like, a, a you know, a special uh, chorus? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, or a special verse. I mean, is it just a, an emphatic well, verse? Well, they're saying the name of the song know? in it, so. And it has a Yeah, but they, they said that in multiple other ones. In the beginning, they mentioned Ellen Worth. They do it at the back end, so. Yeah. We got an yeah. email from Randy Burton. Yeah. And uh, he says, Hell on Earth is truly quintessential Maiden, with one glaring exception. The amazing chorus is played only once. In fact, almost nothing in the song is repeated. Nearly every review of this track online wonders why the chorus is not played again. I think this is Steve Harris giving a defiant middle finger to all the critics who are constantly whining about Maiden being too repetitive. Ooh. <laughs> so that's a cool take on it. And the answer to me, I wish I had a South Park clip for, damn it, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> you had Randy Randy in the, in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a good uh, that's, uh, good. No, that's a fair point that's a fair point i think because how good many analysis. times do we hear people complaining they're like they're doing a chorus and they're doing a double chorus and like yeah too no, many repetitions no. and i'm like I don't know, man. They're too different. They're too the no... same. They're not the same enough. They're not different enough. <laughs> they need they, to be you know just what? differently the same enough. But this beer we just classic. had is too much. This beer we had is too much like other beers, but also not different enough from other beers. <laughs> I, I don't know about this beer. I don't even know what to think. It is true. So after that, the chorus, then we're into the first solo. Yes. So uh, Dave Murray solo. What do you think of this one? Classic Dave. It, it's a little short. It is. It's quick. very short, but uh, yeah, it is classic Dave. It's like all emotion and feel. It's like classic Dave Murray. Classic Dave is a yeah. good way to describe it. I don't know. After we saw them on those last two shows, I'm a huge Dave Murray, like guitar playing fan lately. Like I've just been like, he's been standing out to me and going back and listening to him. Like he's kind of the quiet guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't come out and like Adrian writes all the songs and Yannick does all the dancing around and playing all the, Yannick writes good songs too. Dave just kind of quietly stands in the back and kicks ass solidly. You know yeah. what I mean? And sometimes I think we he kind of falls in the background and you don't realize that he's like the heart and soul of Iron Maiden. He's like yeah. amazing, man. I love all the stuff he does with the whammy bars and those. Whenever he's like tapping or like hammering on and like hitting the whammy bar, like he does that a lot. It sounds so cool. Yeah. So much energy yeah. he gives to the songs. I, I, it's just, it's just that we, it's that we don't have to have a best. We have adrian and dave and yannick like what's wrong with this you know and other people when i hear you know i see metal like who's the best metal guitarist in the list you know all these different and who's the best rock guitarist and we rarely see our guys in there in the lists but i'm like yeah find me a better duel find me better three guitarists yeah better you know? triple x and, attack right and, yeah and, and not only that i mean let's be honest i mean they're better than most of them anyways just for whatever reason the list was built but I mean, to have the and the, and they play off each other so well. And this, I think, Adrian's Adrian's solo here, I think, proves just it's just another example of the two playing together so well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The combination of those two solos back to back, it's like uh, yeah. one solo is great, two solos are like twice as great, but then when you put them together, it's more than twice as great. Yeah. <laughs> They're just Absolutely. so awesome. They kind of, the way they yeah. play off each other, it's so great. And there's no competition. There's no storming offset mid tour because a guy interrupted the other guy's solo. There's none of that crap. Yeah. They just, play, and, and by the way, that's classic Adrian. Yeah. Like that is, oh, yeah. that is also like it's just Melodic, a back to back. That, very yeah absolutely and i just love it and like you watch them on on stage it's just there's something to be said for the fact that we support such a you know i i hate to say this but wholesome band like in a sense of like they're just it's just stable and sensible in all of the music yeah there's no you know drama. there's no yeah totally totally no one's storming yeah. out because someone interrupted their solo or they didn't get whatever drama you know, there is time. they keep it off stage anyway 
Yeah, cool. yeah, and I guarantee there's a bit. You know, and yeah, but... having the three guitar players where they have such distinct styles, mm-hmm. at least for someone like me and you who are like, and probably people, anyone that's listening to this podcast is obviously like a Maiden fan. So like for us Maiden fans that are listening and including us, when you really pay attention to the styles of the three guitarists, it's, yeah. it leads so much, it lends so much variety to the guitar solos in a song and they all bring different yeah. things in and different feels in. And when they transition from one to the other, it's almost like you get one feeling and then it kind of changes to another feeling or it can go a bit darker or it can go a bit lighter. It's it's a lot of dynamics in styles of guitar playing where if we they had one guitar player who played all the solos, I don't think it would be the same. Yeah. Especially in these really long songs where like, I don't yeah. know, it's, it's just these, really cool. These epics, you'd have some, you know, one guitarist, you'd have a hero over in the corner who's like wiping his brow mid-show being like, oh my god, everybody, can you believe I'm doing all this? Like, uh, whatever. <laughs> so then they go into a another guitar line, which... I think Yannick plays it, at least live he plays it. On the yeah. album, it might be Adrian. I'm not sure. It sounds like maybe it's Adrian's tone coming out of that solo. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. It's like a variation of the melody from the chorus, and it leads into a cool breakdown. So this breakdown, it's this little atmospheric dark. Like the the song is so like triumphant and uplifting, and then it come kind of fades down into this like moody, gloomy part. And uh, Adrian adds these cool little volume swells where you like you know where you use your volume knob, which gives it some cool like texture. Almost like how Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner has like a breakdown in the middle and then it ramps up again. Like this is kind of, well, we're, we used, we kind of compared it to a roller coaster ride earlier. This is almost like we've been like just going through these ups and downs on this crazy roller coaster ride. And then all of a sudden you hit this like tick, 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 tick. There's a big, huge hill in front of you. And this is like the, there's a huge exciting part coming but like for a second we're gonna stop and we're just gonna tick our way up to the top of this uh yeah roller coaster the the best part (laughs) of the ride is coming this is what i love like the solos are great the lead up is great but you know now it leads into the best part of this song and one of the criticisms i've had through this album is that in some cases they don't reach the heights that i feel that they I feel that they've they built an amazing stage, you know, in the song, and they just don't hit the heights. And this song for me, this is now Bruce just comes back in and almost just like almost kind of like a spoken word thing in a way, and it's yeah. like just breaks down and then just hammers it. And honestly, he hits it for me. I love it. So one thing, so the lyrics to this little part are like, "You dance on the graves who bled for us. Do you really think they'll come for us? Knowledge and virtue taken by lust. Live on the edge of those that you trust." Did you notice that in Hell on Earth, they say, you dance on the graves that bled for us. Do you really think they're coming for us? In the Sinjutsu, the first song on the album, they say, really believe that they're coming for us, dancing on graves 
of those who bled for us. It's this, they have a, sh- a line that's exactly the same, but like s- switched around in the first song, in the opener and the closer of the album. And it kind of like, I don't know, it kind of ties nice, together. Nice tie. Yeah. Nice tie. Yeah. You dance on the graves who bled for us. Do you really think they'll come for us? Knowledge and virtue taken by lust. Live on the edge of those that you trust. You think that you have all the answers for all. And you're arrogant way, only one way to fall. Burning a lamp that is firing your hands. Taking you further from these So yeah, that's yeah, the the like like we said, we're we're inching our way to the top of yeah. the, the hill yeah yeah you can actually hear it he's just playing the hi-hat he's just tickety 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 you're climbing yeah. up and it's it's perfect this is my favorite part in the whole song because he, he plays that last verse and then he just hammers it clip it I love that love and anger, life in danger. Yeah, and they must have Fantastic. known too that me every when time. they play this live, how the whole stadium basically like lost their mind during that part. Yeah, including us. Fantastic! It's such a great yeah. moment in this song. It's like, like you said, you're you're when they hit the hell on earth, the what we were calling the chorus. You're on yeah. this high, but then they take it down again, and then they bring even higher for this part. It's yeah, awesome. if you're if you're gonna move away from the '80s style, you know, four or five minute song yeah. with a repetitive chorus yeah. and amazing, amazing, just just common gallop, common sound. If you're gonna go to an epic, you need to have a crescendo. You need to have a point at which it comes together, and that's it for me there. And that that was the one thing that was missing in a few of those other tracks. Even though they did have that moment, it just didn't. I didn't feel like it was enough payoff for the time build up. Yeah, and this to me just hammers it. And not only that, they've saved like a few other things in the pipe, right? Like, so it's not like the song fades out now. Yeah, it, it keeps going. Well, yeah. exactly. There's Yannick solo. Yannick hasn't had his solo yeah. yet. Yannick, and Yannick hammers it. Nails it. Yannick's solo, it's the perfect solo at the perfect time. It fits the song perfectly, the mood, the pacing, the feel, everything. It's a little bit out there, but very restrained. And it's kind of like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's got a cool vibe to it. It's cool. And it's like, there's a love in anger, life in danger part. And then Yannick comes in with this perfect solo. And then they hit you with it again. It's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. I love the echo on that. Some would say it might even be the real chorus. But <laughs> we won't go. Yeah. And then, oh, it's fantastic. I find the the, the outro and, you know, they're, well, there's still a little bit of instrumental, the lead down. Yeah. But this is the only part of the song where I'm, you know, at the back end. But it's the tail end of the album and, not, and I'm good with it. So I got to say it, the way it peaks at the back end, I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah, go exactly. There's one more little melody and then it fades out. Yeah. 
it's it's pretty cool and i mean that i mean i cut that short because we try to keep the clips short um yeah yeah and then it goes on and fades out and i mean if that's the last song that made never records like what a perfect way to end it's awesome yeah yeah oh, not I that don't, I, I don't like i don't think it is i don't but... like that <laughs> let's pretend i didn't say that so people always say like with the fade out at the end of the song they're like the only time they ever faded out was the prophecy and stranger in a strange land and hell on earth is the third maiden song to fade out unless you include women in uniform which was i i would include that because that was they i mean it was a single maybe it's not on an album but uh so it's actually the fourth and then if you count kill me Cesoir, the holy smoke b-side yeah. it's the fifth song by maiden to fade out so yeah good <laughs> good context trivia. <laughs> a little trivia there but uh, uh man what an awesome song and what a great way to close the album yes fantastic yeah. closer yeah um i don't think there could have any of the other songs especially where this one fades out i mean it's the the song that fades out to close the album i think is that's the place to put it if you're gonna fade out do yeah. it there yeah absolutely because it'll kill the momentum otherwise so uh, now I have something controversial to Uh-oh. bring up. Uh-oh. Is Hell on Earth the best Maiden closer of all time? Oh, Jesus. And where does it rank? So I'll go through them, and you tell me if Hell on Earth is better or not. As good, or, oh, or... God. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Comparisons. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Okay. So from the first album, Iron Maiden. Oh, God. Oh, that's such a loaded one. Yeah. It's no, it's not as good as Iron Man. I think Hell on Earth is better. It's too iconic. Iconic, but as as a song, I think. Yeah, I think it's a better closer. I know Uh, it's the it's not the last song on the first Iron Maiden song. It's Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden on Iron Maiden. But if you kind of take away all the nostalgia, I think it's a better song. If you ignore all the context, (laughs) what about (laughs) what about Drifter? Uh, It's better than Drifter. I think so too. Hallowed be thy name. No. Okay, that's a tough one. To Tame a Land. Oh, I love To Tame a Land. I know. So that's, it's a tough one. It's it's such an iconic album, but I'll 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 give it a better outro. So you I'll, think I'll make it, it, Hell it's on a Earth be- is it's better? It's a better ender. A better yes. album closer. Rhyme yeah. of the Ancient Mariner. No. Okay. Alexander the Great. <sighs> oh, that's this is a funny one because it's a recency bias, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know? But yes, I'd put it ahead of Alexander the Great in terms of a closer. Only the Good Die Young. Now, I love no, only, almost all these songs, but I agree with you. Only the Good Die Young is better. You think? I Absolutely. Think better. Mother Russia? Uh, I'd put ahead of Mother Russia. Yeah, me too. Fear of the Dark? Yeah. <sighs> yes, I'd put ahead of Fear of the Dark, even me though I too. love that song, but yeah. that should not be there on that album anyway. That should be the third or fourth song on that album, but anyway, go on. The Unbeliever? Yeah, it's better than that. Como Esta Amigos? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. It's better. The Thin Line Between Love and Hate? Oh, that's such a great one. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'll give the tie to hell on earth. Okay. Journeyman. Yeah. Journeyman. Oh, Journeyman's so good. Yeah, it's good. It's so underappreciated, right? Yeah. Journeyman is fantastic. I'm going to go with Journeyman. The Legacy. I'm going to go with The Legacy. Yeah. I think the song is Every better time. composed than The Legacy, even though I love uh, The Legacy. The Legacy is so fucking good. When the Wild Wind Blows. I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take Hell on Earth. Empire of the Clouds. 
uh, I got to take this one. Empire of the Clouds is, is 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 it an album closer or is it a gimmicky thing they stuck on a double album? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's hard, like I said, because so many of these songs have so much nostalgia wrapped in them and you've been listening to them for like 30 years or whatever. Um, I think Hallowed Be Thy Name, Rhyming the Ancient Mariner, and The Thin Line Between Love and Hate are the only songs that are even in contention for being a better closer. Even in contention. So I, I made a... I went on a bike Even ride. in contention. I went on a bike ride, <laughs> and I made a a playlist <laughs> that had alternating Hell on Earth. It was like Hell on Earth, Hallowed, Hell on Earth, Rhyming the Ancient Mariner, Hell on Earth, Thin Line Between Love and Hate. And I was listening, yeah. and like... I think Hell on Earth is better than Thin Line Between Love and Hate, even though I love... I mean, they're both 10 yeah. out of 10s for me. But I think Hell on Earth is a better closer. than, than They're both, like, amazing. Hell on Earth and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, uh, they're both amazing. I think Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner... I mean, it's such it's so classically made and so unique. It's it's just a crazy trip to listen to from beginning to end. So I gotta give that... I, I think Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is a better closer. And Hallowed... It's probably one of the best Maiden songs of all time, and it closes that album perfectly. And like, it's it's hard to to compare them without the novelty and the newness of Hell on Earth, and the nostalgia yes. of Hallowed Be Thy Name, you know, affecting my judgment. But uh, it's hard. Like it's hard. Like if I heard these both for the first time now and listened to them both twenty times, like what would I think? Hallowed Be Thy Name. It's kind of hard to put anything above of... Hallowed, though, man. It it might be the, one of the best best songs of all time for me. I mean, it's up like it's yeah. it's unreal and the and lyrics so and everything. Good. Yeah. So. Oh my god, the noose. So I'm putting this uh, yeah. fourth in my all time closers. <laughs> after okay, those fourth. three, well, or after those two, that's not bad. maybe. It's definitely behind Hallowed and Rhyme. I think it's better than Thin Line Between Love and Hate. So maybe I'll put a third out, out of on my list mm, of all. I think that's closers. recency bias. I think that's recency bias. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's the legacy. Better than... Go off and listen. I listen to the legacy all the time. That's like one of my yeah. go-to's, and I love it. But yeah. that song is kind of like, it's got sections pieced together. Yeah, and they're all good. But this one is so well composed and flows so well that I think it's better. Okay. Than the legacy, even though I love the legacy, especially that last part with the gallopy part in the legacy is so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't considering the flowiness. <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is so subjective you know what i mean i know it's like, i know i like betty i like veronica it's like you know it's like uh, i don't know for me there's a bit of recency effect here midge. i love this track <laughs> what about midge <laughs> good old midge oh yes <laughs> a class act so um, uh that's uh hell on earth that is the last song on sinjitsu which we Took a while to get around to, and I'm glad we waited as long as we did, because yeah. I feel like I've listened to all these songs a hundred times or more, probably more. I want to go back and figure out how we ever covered more than one song in an episode, because we can't do that anymore, it seems. Yeah, I know. It's, like, we're it's more so hard to do. Did now. <laughs> yeah, because you get in, and it's like, by the time you get going, it's like seven, eight minutes in, then you start talking about the song, and it's 15 minutes in. Yeah. What are you supposed to do, rap the song? I, think, like... I can't remember, because I never went back and ever listened. I've never gone back and listened to yeah. like any of those really early episodes. I think the yeah. Somewhere in Time ones would be a good one for me <laughs> to go back and listen to, because I think I basically must have just played one clip and had one fun fact and then our, our, our summary our sub <laughs> our summary of our trip would have been like we flew over uh we met three guys josh had a bunch of kebabs we drank with dougie and we flew back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like 
Oh god, it's so funny though. That's the truth about a podcast is the more you do it, the you know, you, you end up having it, it, there's more there's more to do and it's easier to do. You know, it's like it's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of it too yeah. is the feedback that we got because we yeah. were very hesitant to split up that album into when we did Somewhere in Time, which is the first yeah. album we covered. We were very much like, are we going to break this into two episodes? And then we're like, we're going to oh have to. Like, we got that much to talk about. So we did it over two episodes. Yeah. And then we got a lot of good feedback. And then the more deeper we got and the more we kind of flushed out our conversation, the yeah. more positive feedback we got. And, you know, people kept saying, like, more clips, dig deeper, whatever. So now oh. we just, like, dissect and rank everything to death. <laughs> but apparently people like hearing us do that. So. But fortunately, we haven't done the double episode one song yet. Yeah, that would no, be the end true. of us. Yeah, that, I can, that's too much. That. No. Um, one thing about covering this episode or this song on this episode is the podcast is once again complete. We have covered every single Iron Maiden song, including B sides. This is true on this podcast. Yes. Every single yes. Maiden song. We feel whole again. You know, everyone who wrote in was like, when are you going to cover this? When are you, gonna... you know what? It's done. It's done. Because <laughs> people are like, what do you think about this? Uh, it was, you know, and it does weigh on you. You want to get it covered. But yeah. at the same time, you also don't want to rush it because the journey is the fun It's true. Part. And yeah, you it's know? true. Yeah, but we are going right. to do an episode next week where we just do a review of the whole album. Yeah. And maybe see where this album ranks. Yeah, because I mean we've be listened to it and talked about it to death, and together we've listened to it that much. I think we yeah, could, you know it's it's like I said, a lot of people are coming out with like, well, here's our hot take on the new Maiden album that came out like last week. Remember when the album first came out? There's like all these episodes, and I never listened to any of them. But there's all these like album reviews and stuff, and it's like they couldn't have listened to the album more than like a dozen times. Like we've sat yeah. with this album for it's been two years now, or two years since Writing on the Wall video came out. Over what has it been that long yeah so i think God. we've listened to it enough to have like a do a fair like review on it now that i'm pretty oh, confident God. that like i'm not going to change my mind about any of this stuff like six months from now you know what i mean i know but oh my god es- especially is when it comes to like ranking this in the context of the yeah. maiden discography i think we can find fairly do it now like i don't think we could have done it a year ago or definitely not two years ago yeah oh, i don't know I find the ranking is, you know, it's it's so difficult because you look back. I mean, I bet if I went off in isolation and ranked the albums again, I'd have a different one than what we did in the podcast. Yeah, of course like, you would, and I would too. But it, that's the whole thing. It's like, yeah. like we did albums where we rank things. Yeah. And I'm always ranking things and making lists of ranked things. But the it's about the process of the ranking and the dis- discussion that we have while we're ranking things. The final ranking doesn't really matter. It just, it just, it, that's how we felt at that day. You know what I mean? Do you find that sometimes when you listen back on albums where we were like critical, the worst parts are the best parts? Like, <laughs> I'll still say, like, for me, Somewhere in Time, like, Deja Vu is still one of my favorites now. It's like, oh, yeah, it's so candy. Too, yeah. uh, I know. I'm always just like, and when they teased it up in the tour, I was like, please. But, like, you know, it's objectively not my favorite song on the album by quite a mile. But I love hearing it. <laughs> I was driving in the yeah. car with my daughter. And yeah. I was like, do you want to hear the worst Iron Maiden song? And I put the apparition on. Yeah, <laughs> and she's sitting there and she's just like hardly paying attention. Because she's like, oh, my dad's playing his stupid Iron Maiden in the car again. Yeah, once again. <laughs> so I put the apparition on. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like <laughs> watching to see if she'll react. And I'm like, it's true. 
wouldn't it? And all these little parts, and I'm just like, uh, isn't this awesome? Isn't it? I mean, isn't this horrible? Isn't that horrible? Do you? Lo-? And I'm like, I love how bad that song is. That I, I maybe I, I actually love that song. Maybe it's one of my favorites because I mean, hooks in you, baby. I'm getting hooks such a kick out of listening to the that version in the car. It's so good. <laughs> Perfect. So next week we will wrap it up. Yep. And uh, give our final take on Sujitsu. Good beer. Yep. In hindsight, I love that beer. And if anyone wants to get their opinions heard at this stage, now we can't promise, but we would love to get your opinion on any of the tracks, anything we've covered, Sujitsu in general, or just overall. Email us, talkingmaiden at gmail.com, or you can get our email on our website, or you can go there and you can contact us through the contact form. You can get us on Twitter, and you can get us on Facebook. And of course, you can leave us a voice message at talkingmaiden.com slash talk. Did I miss anything, Nesbitt? I think that's it. I think you're good. I think that's it. <laughs> Until next time, up the irons, down the hops. <laughs>